Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Climb AM, it's time for another Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Ellen Kornhauser. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Fred. Well, lots of developments to get to. First of all, the Axios website this week published what it says is a leaked draft of the White House infrastructure plan. Uh, what's the relevance here that we you're able to determine so far to the needs of, of autonomous vehicles? Well, with respect to autonomous vehicles itself, it, it really doesn't have much relevance because uh, what uh, those of us that are in the uh, automated vehicle world believe that uh, all the effort and technology uh, needs to be put in the vehicle and it can go ahead and use the infrastructure that we have uh, uh, more effectively and, and, and well. And all we'd like to have is uh, good paint out there to do the lane markings and the crosswalks and the stop lines and um, and signs that uh, that people can read uh, and that therefore we'll get our algorithms to read. And we should be able to do just fine. Thank you for at least uh, the foreseeable future. However, uh, you know, these systems are going to have to cooperate with the existing transportation systems. Uh, that are out there, and they're desperately, uh, at least some of them are uh, desperately in need uh, of some help uh, because they're they're decaying, uh, the number one of which is probably the, the Amtrak tunnels that are under the Hudson linking, uh, linking the country to Manhattan. And, uh, and if those uh, go down, uh, then we're in deep trouble. And so uh, those uh, need um, need to be rebuilt uh, or new ones or whatever, but uh, something needs to be done there. Also, uh, the the workhorse of, of uh, urban mobility, uh, some of our, our subway systems in this country have been around for uh, plus 100 years, and they need a lot of help. Uh, the New York City subway system is one of them. I mean... Uh, they automated the Paris Metro. Um, shouldn't we be automating the New York City subway system? But um, uh, we'll still have plenty of jobs for everybody. Uh, and Boston and, and Chicago, too. And, of course, uh, the one that is automated in uh, the uh, Washington, D.C. Metro, it needs some help. Uh, so there's some real help in, 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 the, um, in, the, in the heavy rail um, uh, subway uh, public transit area. And hopefully uh, some of this program, especially the Infrastructure Incentive Initiative, uh, will, uh, which is, uh, at least according to this leaked document, uh, 50% of, of what's going to be appropriated um, uh, could stand uh, uh, to focus on, on those particular issues. There are also some issues with respect to transformative uh, projects um, and, uh, and a rural infrastructure program, which really is going to put some mobility um, uh, and, and some infrastructure and uh, in, in, in better infrastructure in our rural areas. And, and that's uh, appropriately targeted, I think, uh, with respect to this leaked document. And while we're not seeing anything specific regarding uh, autonomous vehicles and, and the needs there, um, surely the infrastructure bill is, is badly needed. 
the infrastructure bill is badly needed, and I think, uh, but but I uh, but uh, uh, to go out and, and luckily, what's not in there is to say that now we have to put connected uh, technologies in all of our traffic lights to somehow do all this. At least that's not in it, and uh, and that's good because. Uh, uh, my goodness, um, at least that's not where I would think that, that the infrastructure money should go. All right, let's move on here. Uh, a startup called Voyage is providing driverless taxi service in the village's retirement community. This is a huge community in Florida, 125,000 residents. For now, uh, they're saying there will be technicians in the vehicles, but the plan they have is to drop them and add a transportation fee. How significant do you think this is? Of course, private roads in a lot of these uh, retirement communities. Yeah, well, I think this is this is the the natural first step to do this. I mean, these are these are gated communities in which uh, they are in a sense private roads. There's a great deal of control that these communities can place on on the other drivers. Uh, that use uh, these facilities so that, in fact, uh, the driverless vehicles can uh, safely uh, provide the mobility. Uh, and um, and as I like to say, you know, it, it, if it can't work here, it can't work anywhere. Uh, so this is really uh, the very good place to start. Uh, the other one in Florida, in which a similar thing uh, that is progressing, is at Babcock Ranch, which there they're they're building they're they're building a a, 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 re, a retirement community. Let's call it. I don't know if they really want it to be called that, but let's call it a retirement community uh, with basically a, you know a clean a clean field, a clean sheet of paper, just building it a you know um, from the ground up. And, of course, um, electric uh, solar power is very much part of it, electric uh, propulsion for the vehicles and driverless vehicles, the same as, as uh, they're in the villages. And I, I think, again, that, that's another place where we can get started um, with this. Uh, all of these, this mobility initially will be, will be provided with an attendant on board, but at some point, we have to evolve to it being truly driverless so it can scale. And so I've sort of coined a, a new scale myself um, after the Richter scale to measure uh, basically um, earthquakes. Uh, I'll call it the Kornhauser scale, uh, which is the logarithm of the um, vehicle miles driven worldwide uh, in driverless vehicles. Um, on, on normal roads. Right now, worldwide, we basically have one trip uh, by Mr. Mahan uh, in Austin, Texas, that was given to him by Waymo on a, um, on a normal public street without a, a, a bunch of advanced uh, um, uh, measures taken to make sure that everything happened well. And um, they drove about 10 miles. So right now, worldwide, we're, we are at a Kornhauser scale of one. Uh, but to really provide uh, mobility to people and, and achieve at least what many of us look as a bright future for mobility, we have to get to a uh, Kornhauser scale of 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, many orders of magnitude beyond where we are. We are at the very beginning. 
these two um, experiments uh, or tests at the villages in Babcock Ranch are are uh, very important first steps. Um, it should be easy for us to do it here, but it's never easy. But let's do it. Once we've done that, we can then take the next step and the next step and the next step. But we have to somehow evolve from a Kornhauser scale of one to two to three to four and and um, and just progress. Now, one of the driving forces here, so to speak, would be the, the problem that many seniors have in no longer being able to drive themselves. So this technology in, in communities like this and really all over, uh, the technology can really be life-changing. Absolutely. It it's, provides mobility. I mean, they provide it now with with people that are that are drivers, but you know, there's a li- there's a limit to the amount that you can you can do with that. And and if you can make it driverless, then you should be able to provide enormously more mobility and better mobility, more on demand, more when they want to do it as opposed to when it's scheduled or not have to wait for three hours until until somebody comes and picks you up or whatever. So it should really enhance the quality of life uh, that is afforded in these communities. And uh, we've been talking about these things for, for some time, and it's nice to see that we're finally started and actually doing it. And looking elsewhere, Waymo is saying that it will be adding Metro Atlanta to its self-driving car testing program. That, of course, is in addition to the big program they've had in, in the Phoenix area. In the Phoenix area, and, of course, they've been in, in Mountain View and in, in California and in San Francisco and in Washington State. So, yes, it is expanding. Atlanta is a, is a really a, a good next place uh, to do it. Um, only maybe once or twice every winter do they have an ice storm that basically brings the whole city to a, to a stop. And hopefully Waymo will also come to a stop at that time. Uh, this isn't to, um, you know, provide mobility to uh, Atlanta, to Atlanta when it has its uh, annual ice storm. But uh, for the uh, other 364 or so days during the year, um, it's, it's, it's a good thing to put out there to provide mobility for everybody. And, of course, every time there's an incident, uh, it seems to bring up a lot of questions about the, the safety of all this. And there was one not too long ago in, in Pittsburgh that caused some concerns and really brought, a, brought one test there to, to a stop. Yes, and they restarted it. So the Argo vehicle was uh, um, uh, was struck in, in, in an intersection. Uh, basically, it was T-boned uh, by a delivery van that, that ran a, a traffic light and T-boned it. And, and, it, and apparently, it even happened not while it was in, in automatic control, but, but uh, in fact, manually driven. Um, uh, and, uh, yes, maybe these things should be good enough to be able to, uh, you know, get out of the way of, uh, of trucks that – or cars that run red lights and and are about to T-bone you. Uh, But that's that's really uh, asking too much of the technology. What we need to do is put the technology on the truck so that it won't run the red light and it won't T-bone an Argo vehicle. So, you know... um, uh, let's get on with it and, and not just put it on, on, on some vehicles. Let's get it on all vehicles. 
still these stories uh, come out, and uh, there are lots of people that really do need some convincing. Advocates for Highway and Auto Safety came out with a poll this month that found about two-thirds of the public expressed concerns about sharing roads with driverless cars. Misguided? Well, I don't know. I was surprised that they didn't find 110% of the people had, had that opinion. Uh, what do you, you ask somebody, what are they going to tell you? Of course, uh, I have concern. Everybody has concern. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to, um, we, we still have work to do and we should do it well. And, uh, and let's, um, let's get on with it. That's not a reason not to do it. Um, another thing is if, if we, if we would ask folks, you know, in 1898 or something like that to tell us whether or not they have concern about the, the Benz patent for a, for an automobile, uh, and they're out there riding their horse, horses uh, and whatever, uh, of course they would have concern about the car. And, and in some sense, we still have concern about the car. So, yes, but um, uh, I don't know. I guess um, um, it, it sells reports. I don't know. Well, what would make you more nervous, looking at the next lane and seeing no driver or looking at the next lane and seeing a driver texting? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, there it, it's there. I mean, there's... Look, I mean, it's 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 terrible what's going on now. It's just terrible. You know, everybody's misbehaving, and not everybody, but a lot of people are misbehaving out there, and we all need to behave. And if we're not going to behave, then our cars should behave and and not let us misbehave. And we have the technology to to do that. And, and if we don't like it, then I don't know. And I think driving is still supposed to be a privilege. But if you're out there misbehaving, you're, you're misbehaving, you know, putting yourself in jeopardy, but you're also putting Fred Fishkin in jeopardy. And that's unfair. And it's even more unfair if you put Alan Kornhauser in jeopardy. <laughs> Interesting report from the University of Michigan uh, titled, Has Motorization in the U.S. Peaked? Uh, vehicle ownership rates, it says, reached a high back in 2006. So what's your take on what's going on here? I know with uh, with self-driving vehicles, part of the goal is that we don't need to own cars, but uh, it seems like we're moving in that direction even without that. Well, I think I think it's uh, I think it's a nice report that they compiled there just to give us all you know, sort of what the fundamental numbers are in mobility. Uh, in the country, and, and I think in, in our desire for mobility, um, whether or not we own the vehicle or not own the vehicle, I don't think really matters. I mean, you know, uh, some people would suggest, well, if you own it, you'll use it more or something like that. Well, you know, that may be true, too. Uh, but um, uh, but in a sense, um, uh, what the report is telling me is that, is that in some sense, we're not finding many more <clears throat> attractive places that we want to go and uh, or or it's that uh, the process of going uh, relative to the uh, improvement in in our quality of life if we got there isn't all that great because it's not so much fun going or something like that that we're just not going that much any as much anymore as we used to or the whole thing has plateaued out 
in some sense, it's not that, oh, my goodness, all these new places are opening up and we're going to want to go there in, in the future and we're, all this. It seems as if in terms of as a whole for the country, we plateaued in the amount of traveling uh, that we want to do. And um, and at least uh, for other than really long trips where where we go to airports and get on airplanes, which uh, talk about the a terrible level of service. I mean, you got to go there, wait for two hours, take off your shoes, who knows what, and then, and have to change in Charlotte. I mean, you know, talk about a a bad level of service, but but whatever. Uh, but it just seems as if we plateaued out. And it, it, it may be that, in fact, uh, you know, of, of course, we're buying more on Amazon. Where do we do that? Uh, while we do it sometimes when we're driving a car, although I hope not very often, <clears throat> but we do it instead of going to the store. Um, is it so exciting to go someplace? Maybe a, a virtual reality has, has gotten to a point where, geez, we're just putting on the glasses and staying on the sofa and watching it on the sofa. I don't know, but the, sort of the combination of those things are, are in some sense, um, um, we're staying in the house a little bit more than what we used to. And we've stopped really um, um, desiring to get out of the house and go someplace. That's what I read into it. Uh, what the, all the forces are that are making that happen and the real reason and so on, I don't know. We can we can discuss it. But as a whole, we have certainly uh, plateaued. And, of course, uh, now we've got the services like Lyft and, and Uber uh, to uh, – negate the need for maybe owning vehicles in, in many circumstances. Yeah, well, that's, that's the owning piece, but, but I, I'm assuming that what they have in their, in their, in their uh, vehicle miles traveled, I don't think that they have uh, discerned whether the, the miles traveled are in an Uber vehicle or, or a, a personally owned vehicle. And in some sense, the data that they're using uh, uh, that's, that's reported to the, to the federal government uh, probably uh, doesn't discern those numbers, and in total, the amount of mobility that 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 Uber and Lyft provide right now in the United States is still, you know, at the one percent level at best. Well, Alan, Uber's CEO is is saying he hopes to have self-driving cars on the road in eighteen months, not testing. They're saying, but actual deployment. Does that sound uh, realistic? Well, I mean, it could be realistic in places and and they've been uh testing in pittsburgh and maybe they in certain weather conditions at certain times and so on they could do it in pittsburgh uh they could do it uh, sort of where waymo has been saying that that uh, they were going to do it in arizona so um yeah i think they could do it um uh, let's wait and see <laughs> Pretty exciting. And finally, from the Daily Mail in the UK comes a report from comments made by a Dr. Subhash Kak from the University of Oklahoma. And it says self-driving cars and artificial intelligence will leave a third of the population unemployed and cause people, quoting the headline now, to have a meaningless life of misery. <laughs> tell, well, tell us what your thoughts are. I... <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, we now work uh, 40 hours a week or something like that, maybe. Um, I don't know. In France, maybe it's only 30. Um, uh, and nobody's allowed to have a second job. Um, uh, I don't know. A hundred years ago, how long did people work? Or on the farm, they worked they worked 80 hours a day. So I or, or people because we're only working 40 hours a day and not or 40 hours a week as opposed to 80 hours a week, we're all miserable. I don't know. I mean, you know, why do we have to work? Um, I, I've never worked. I've, I've, I've had the joy <laughs> of, of, of doing what I want to do. I've never considered it work. Um, um, in a sense, if you have 2% of the population feeding, uh, that can actually feed the, the, the whole population, um, what do we need to be working for? So um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think the whole concept of work has to probably has to change. And uh, whether or not that means uh, misery, um, uh, whatever. Um, um, I guess I it depends on your point of view, right? Of course. And we all have different points of view, luckily, because otherwise – the world would be really boring, as I like to tell my my students. Uh, you know, if all the guys love just one girl, um, and all the girls love just one guy, um, I guess uh, not very many people would be getting together. So, uh, <laughs> uh, different strokes for different folks, and vive la différence. And on that note, uh, that's it for this edition of the Smart Driving Cards podcast. Find us at smartdrivingcar.com on SoundCloud. Look for my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-Mobile to learn more or visit a store today.